Praise the Lord. Let's clap our hands to the Lord. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. We praise you, God. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Amen. It is good to be here on this last day of the year, last Sunday of the year. Woo! You got big plans? Sleep. Gonna, you gonna bring it in at midnight or about ten fifteen? <laughs> oh, Woo. it's good to see all of you here today. And there's some uh, some people out today, and we actually have one of the reasons uh, that uh, that. We're missing a, a, a few folks. Is that we got a new baby today? So Sister Haley had her baby at what time was that? Yeah, so eleven-ish, somewhere around there. So and that that's it looked like a big big baby. <laughs> Adeline Rose, beautiful name. We got two roses in here, don't we now? Oh, Annabelle and Adeline. <laughs> All right. We also have uh, a birthday, too. <laughs> Things have been a little busy lately, huh? Brother R.W. <laughs> oh, yeah. Okay, we'll get him next. One. We uh, we'll go ahead and sing to you. Brother, I'll go ahead and sing to you now. <laughs> Whoa, that's loud. happened. else that has a birthday this week that we don't have you down this week? Anniversary this week? Okay, all right. All right, with that, we will go ahead and dismiss for Children's Church.
so excited about what the Lord is going to do this coming year. And I believe the Lord has been leading us to this point. Um, not to just leave us out in, in a place disconnected from His will. I believe He's been leading us right into where he desires his church to be and I believe we're in the we're in the right moment to make a decision to go where God's trying to take us amen you believe that I know we kind of do similar things every year we kind of go through our new year's resolutions revolutions whatever you want to call it and and we we get through January barely, and then and then we find ourselves in the slumps for a while, and then we hit we hit a high point around Easter, and fresh touch of what Jesus has done, and we remember Calvary, and and then summertime hits, and everybody's outside with family and doing this thing and that thing and the next thing you know it's getting close to the fall and we're like struggling to make it because you know the cold is coming the good thing about Kentucky is you don't always get the cold there's some places like where I grew up where you're you're getting cold weather there's no way around it it's going to happen and you got you got snow boots. You got a sled that uh, still has snow on it. By the time the next winter comes around, and you're ready to go. But we're starting. We're starting a new year, and I don't want it to be uh, the same thing that it was, has been. We do good for a little while. We make it a few days. We get we get over the we get over the you know. Oh, my tummy, my tummy uh, from fasting. We kind of throw our little tam- temper tantrums. and Instead of just trying to get through the month, why don't, we, why don't we get to where God's trying to take us to? And let's let him do the work that he desires to do. And, uh, and uh, so I've titled this message this morning, A New Year, A New Response. So I want to respond differently to this year. And so what we're going to be doing is just trying to dig out everything that we can about about doing the new thing. The Lord is trying to do a new thing, right? He wants to do a new thing in our lives. He wants to do a a new thing in the church. Now, it's not a new thing as in uh, it's new as of today. It's he's really doing an old thing, he's just trying to take us to that old thing which is new to us. Does that make sense? I know it's a little strange way to put it, but the, the things that God has promised for his church that we step into, it's going to be all new to us. And I, I mentioned this Wednesday, I don't know what greater things looks like. I've never really experienced it in my life. I've, I, I, I grew up in the church and I backslid and I, I, went, I was out in the world for a while uh, but I, I, I've been around Pentecost enough to know that I don't know greater things. Never seen it in my life. 
You'd have, to, you'd have to join a crusade or you'd have to go in, in some mission field to experience greater things. But, and it's almost as if people are okay with the fact that it's been exempt from, from America. But I don't believe that it has to be. I believe what we can experience in this coming year can be something that that the next generation, if there is a next generation behind this one, talks about what happened in 2024, talks about what started, what returned in 2024. When you think about Azusa Street, it wasn't a new thing. It was something that returned. It, it reemerged, and that's what we want. We, I want the greater things to reemerge in our life and see God do miracle signs and wonders like we know he is. That's who he is. He's a God of miracles, and he never stops miracles. He never stops releasing the miraculous. He's, he is a God who is faithful and constant. He's through constant through every season, and, and we know that in this coming year, he's still going to be the same. What we have to do, make it up in our mind, is I'm going to have a new response to my old relationship from, from the beginning. I'm going to have a new response to, to who I know God is. The same yesterday, today, and forever. 2 Kings chapter 22, verse 1. I want to respond differently. In this year, I want to respond to the word of the Lord differently. I want to respond to his presence differently. I want to respond to the call to sacrifice differently. I want to call to the I, I want to I want to respond to the call differently than I have done. Anybody with me? You want a new response to a new year? Josiah was eight years old when he began to reign, and he reigned 31 years in Jerusalem. And his mother's name was Jedidah, the daughter of Adiah of Boscath. Verse 2, and he did that which was right in the sight of the Lord, and walked in all the way of David his father, and turned not aside to the right hand or to the left. Josiah's reign was prophesied some 300 years before this moment. What a, what a moment. What a moment. There was a, a man of God out of Judah who went to Bethel to deliver this prophecy to Jeroboam. And this is what he said in 1 Kings chapter 13 and verse 2. And he cried against the altar in the word of the Lord and said, O altar, altar, thus saith the Lord, Behold, a child shall be born unto the house of David, Josiah by name, and upon thee shall he offer the priest's of the high places that burn incense upon thee, and men's bones shall be burnt upon thee. And this was the prophecy. That was 300 years before 
Josiah's birth. Josiah reigned in his father's stead, but he did not reign like his father. You can kind of read that for yourself because we get a little glimpse of what his father was like in the previous chapter. In 1 Kings chapter 21, his father Amon only reigned for two years before he was assassinated. And Amon's two-year reign was evil, just like his father Manasseh's 55-year reign. But Josiah was not like them, and Josiah was not going to be like them. I think it's something to get a hold of this morning. You are not defined by what family you were born in. If you were born into a a family uh, full of alcoholics, you do not have to take that path. If you were born in a family full of drug addicts, you do not have to take that path. If you, are, if you were born in, into a family that was wicked and godless, you do not have to continue that path. And Josiah gives us an example that proves this. Because Josiah had a heritage of 57 years of wickedness. 57 years of idolatry. Josiah's life brought reform to the idolatrous culture and his father and grandfather had built. Josiah was the one. Now I know I've been a little bit negative about, about reform theology and I just want to make a comment on the, at the beginning of this. Reform theology is okay if we, if, we, if we go back to the first century. If we only escape a little bit of false doctrine, it's still false doctrine. So we got to reform all the way back to the first century, and that's what they didn't do when it comes to reform theology. But Josiah was about to show the world what reform looks like. We're going we're gonna to read some of this. How did Josiah do it, though? The scriptures reveal to us, I mean, that he, he, was, he was only eight when he, when he started his reign. Eight years old. Think about that. Sister Banks, you told me that Camden's, Camden's eight. Just think about a little boy about his size becoming king. Because his father was assassinated, and so he's next in line, so it becomes him. So here's this little eight-year-old boy, king. Verse 2 gives us a summary of Josiah's life. He did what was right in the sight of the Lord, which means he listened and he obeyed the voice of the Lord, and he walked in all the ways of his father David. He didn't do this as an eight-year-old though, right? And you will see in in verse 3 the jump to the 18th year. The 18th year of his reign before we see the, the reformer beginning. What was he doing for 18 years? 
came to pass in the 18th year of King Josiah that the king sent Shaphan, uh, the son of uh, Azaliah, the son of Meshulam, the scribe, to the house of the Lord, saying, Go up to Hilkiah the high priest, that he may sum the, the silver which is brought into the house of the Lord, which the keepers of the door hath gathered of the people. In verse 5, And let them deliver it into the hand of the doers of the work that have the oversight of the house of the Lord, and let them give it to the doers of the work which is in the house of the Lord to repair the breaches of the house. In verse 6, Unto carpenters and builders and masons to buy timber and hewn stone to repair the house. In verse 7, Howbeit there was no reckoning made with them of the money that was delivered into their hand because they dealt faithfully. Here we have this jump, right? From, from 8 years of age to 18 years. And he was already doing something in this moment. At, at this point in, in the scripture, Josiah was 26 years old. And he set in motion the plan to repair the temple. But what did he do before this? What did he do before the temple began to be repaired? So far, we know that he was eight when he began to reign, and he reigned for 31 years, and he was 26 when he began to repair the temple. Uh, But there is another book that will help us put it all together. Are you thankful? What you might read in one book and have questions about certain details that you can find the details in another book. And that's what we're going to turn today. Second Chronicles chapter 34, verses uh, 3 through 7. For in the eighth year of his reign, while he was yet young, he was 16 years old at this point. He began to seek after the God of David his father. And in the twelfth year, he was now 20, He began to purge Judah and Jerusalem from the high places and the groves and the carved images and the molten images. As a 16-year-old, he started to seek the face of God. It's one of the details you don't read in 2 Kings 22. The turning point for Josiah for his life, was when he began to seek the face of God. It's a turning point for anyone. I remember there were people before I backslid, before I walked away from the Lord, there were friends of mine who who used to hang out. We were all knuckleheads together. And at some point, there was a turning point for my life and and there was a turning point for their life. Now, I, I, I chose the wrong path, but they began to seek the face of God. And God led them into their, to the purpose and they became ministers, pastors and teachers and preachers and missionaries and whatnot. But the, the, the reality is, and this is, this is what we have to get from, this, from what we've read just now, is that when we seek the face of God, everything will begin to change. That is the change. That is the turning point for a person's life when they begin to seek the face of God. 
Maybe it was the relationship that David had with God that caused young Josiah to follow in his footsteps. Maybe he was inspired by the heart of worship that came from David. Maybe it was David's songs or maybe it was his courage that caused, that caused young Josiah to say, that's what I want. Maybe it was the stories that he heard, that he heard some talk about. Uh, maybe there wasn't a whole lot of talk, but maybe he, he heard enough to know that there was a special time in history where God done great things through mankind. Everybody, I'm sure, knew of the story of David defeating the giant. And maybe young Josiah was saying, you know what, I want to be on the Lord's side because I know the Lord's side defeats giants. We don't really know the moment that Josiah made up his mind to seek God, but he did. And four years later, he moved with purpose. It wasn't very long before before he was on a mission. From 16 to 20 years old, he began to do something that no other king did. Maybe it was in that four years that God showed him what Manasseh and Ammon had built and how it went against the way they were supposed to live. And as a 20-year-old, he said, something has to be done. Can I tell you, nobody is ever too young to turn to the Lord and say, God, I want to be on your side. I want to be on your side. I want to seek your face. This is what Josiah began to do. Josiah began to purge Judah and Jerusalem from idols and the places of idol worship. In verse 4, And they break down the altars of Balaam in his presence and the images that were on high above them. He cut down and the groves and the carved images and the molten images. He break in pieces and made dust of them and strode it upon the graves of them that had sacrificed unto them. This is exactly where that prophecy uh, uh, came 300 years earlier about this Josiah who would begin to do a work that would put that would put Judah that would put Jerusalem back in a place. Where they have purged the idolatry Verse 5, and he burnt the bones of the priests upon their altars and cleansed Judah and Jerusalem. Josiah did exactly what the prophet said would happen 300 years. He didn't treat the worship of idols built by his family lightly. He moved in to eradicate it. Uh, You could hear You could maybe hear his thoughts. If you can imagine with me for a moment his thoughts. My my biological father was a wicked person who worshipped idols. But I am going to eliminate the cycle. 
You don't have to be an idol worshiper because your family was. You don't have to serve the gods that they served. You can make it up in your mind. We're going to serve the Lord. We're going to walk with Him. We're going to deal with the idolatry the way it needs to be dealt with. Josiah became the agent of change, not just in a couple places the Scripture reveals to us. He didn't just do a few things. Listen, verse 6, And so he did in the cities of Manasseh and Ephraim and Simeon, even unto Naphtali with their mattocks round about. And when he had broken down their altars, uh, the altars and the groves, and had beaten the graven images into powder and cut down all the idols throughout the land of Israel, he returned to Jerusalem. Do you hear it? He had broken down the altars and the groves of all the idolatry, of all the idols that had been set up in the nation that was supposed to be dedicated to the one true and living sovereign God. And here they are, a land filled with idols. But Josiah said, we're going to deal with idolatry. And we're not going to take it lightly. We're not just going to drive them out. We're going to beat them to the dust. We're going to tear down the places of worship. You know what we need in this generation? We need some Josiahs who say, we're going to deal with the idolatry. We're not going to let the idols remain in our lives. We're going to beat them to the dust. And we're going to tear down the, we're going to tear down the altars. And we're going to serve the one true and living God. And at this point in our passage, we're catching up to where we left off in in, uh, 2 Kings 22. And this is where we get back to the 18th year of Josiah's reign. After he had dealt with all of the idols and the priests given to idolatry, this led them to repair the temple the way it was supposed to be, a place dedicated to the one true God, a place of worship, and a place of instruction, a, a place of correction. It's a place where people can seek the face of God. Let's go back to 2 Kings 22, verse 8. And Hilkiah the priest said unto Shaphan the scribe, I have found the book of the law. In the house of the Lord. And Hilkiah gave the book to Shaphan and he read it. I think it's actually Shaphan. Shaphan. And Shaphan the scribe came to the king and brought the king word again and said, Thy servants have gathered the money that was Found in the house and have delivered it into the hand of them that do the work that have the oversight of the house of the Lord. They instituted a process of repairing the place of worship. This is exactly if you think if you if you can remember this is one of the first things that David did as a king. We got to get. We got to get the ark back to its home. We have to get the presence of God back. We have to. We have to. We have to get the 
the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. We have to get him back here so we can worship him. And Shaphan, the scribe, showed the king, saying, Hilkiah the priest hath delivered me a book, and Shaphan read it before the king. Somehow, but listen, somehow this book had been misplaced or hidden Uh, And maybe it was because of the idolatry that was taking place inside of the temple. How do you misplace or hide the most important thing in the temple? Which is the word of God. How do you misplace it? Manasseh's father, Hezekiah, destroyed the high places and the altars of Baal, but Manasseh rebuilt them and introduced more idolatry, even built idols, altars for idol worship in the house of God. Because you can't build an altar to God You can't build an altar to God without having his word. And if you build altars to other gods, you have to hide his word. And that's what, that's what I believe he did. I believe that's what they did. They hid the word. They, 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 they got rid of it because they, they, they built these, these, these altars for idol worship. You know what? It hit me. It's hard for us. It's hard for us to have an altar in our life when we have idols in our life. And the word is hidden somewhere in our home. It's it's hiding over there in the corner or we leave it at church. We can leave it at church because we, we're, we're not as connected to that one. I got a different one. I got one on my phone. I got, I got this. But, but, the, but the thing is, is we, if we are going to have a new response in a new year, we must make sure that there are no idols in our life. We got to kill the idols. We got to beat them into the dust. We got to drive, we have to drive them out. Anything that I place before God is an idol. Anything. Maybe, maybe at this point the book was hidden or lost in transition. And they just, just thought, well, who we don't serve that God anymore, so why do we need that? We got this other God. It was a book. This this struck me as, as strange. This was a book that didn't seem familiar to Josiah. Because listen to his response to the words of the book. Verse 11, And it came to pass when the king had heard the words of the book of the law that he rent his clothes. This verse alone will preach. When he heard 
the words of the book of the law, he rent his clothes. Now, he didn't rent them as you, as you think of rent a center. He, that word means to tear. He tore. He tore, his, he tore his clothes because there was something released when the words were spoken. Josiah's life was stirred. His heart was pricked and he tore his clothes. The tearing of the garment was a traditional response to hearing something horrifying or astonishing. Josiah expressed deep conviction and grief for his sin and the sin of the nation. It was a moment of clarity that produced an urgency to reach out to the Lord. Josiah's response to the word of the Lord is the response that this generation must have when God begins to speak from his word and and there is a release of his convicting power to transform our minds, our hearts. We've got to respond in the right way and not let it just go by, fly over our heads. When God deals with us, this is what we need. We have to surrender it all and we have to come to the altar. You know what? For great things to happen in this assembly, this place right here has to be the place that we make war and we beat to the dust the idols in our life. And when God shows us things we place before Him, we're coming to the altar and we're going to beat it, destroy it, and leave it there. We got to deal with idolatry. Verse 12, and the king commanded Hilkiah the priest and Ahikam the son of Shaphan and Achbor the son of Micaiah and Shaphan the scribe and Asaiah a servant of the king saying, Go ye, inquire of the people for me, for the people and for all Judah concerning the words of this book that is found. For great is the wrath of the Lord that is kindled against us. Why? Why is the wrath of God kindled against us? Because our fathers, our fathers have not hearkened unto the words of this book to do according unto all that which is written concerning us. Josiah in, in his desperate, urgent uh, plea, go inquire of the Lord uh, because something has to change. Uh, I've been living my life. Uh, you know, you can see the, the progression of Josiah's life. He had given God everything. He had been seeking his face. This is what seekers do. When God shows them something, they tear their clothes, uh, right? Of course, we're, we're going to get to that later because we don't tear our clothes anymore. But Joel gives us, gives us some instruction in, in that. We'll get, we'll get to that later. But. but his response was, we have to find out from the Lord. We have to find out from the Lord. And this is what they, they did. They, the, the people, their people, right? The people that they lived with all their life. Uh, the people that instructed, uh, that, that led, the leaders. They disregarded the law. Josiah said, they, they brought the wrath on our life because they didn't do what the word told them to do. Because our fathers have not 
hearken unto the words of this book. To do according unto all that which is written concerning us. All of the words written concerning us, we have to do. That's what Josiah is saying. There's not one word in here that we can avoid. We got to do it all. Everything that the Lord deals with us about, we got to surrender to it. We can't just surrender to the things that we like. We have to just surrender to the things that kill our flesh. We got to surrender to the things that cause us to decrease. That cause us to say, not my will, but thy will be done. Because he's not serving me. I'm serving him. He's my God. I'm not his. I can't tell him what to do. But he can tell me what to do. Why? Because he's my God. And I'm seeking his face. What Josiah was saying is, is my, my people, my fathers, the, the, the generations before us, they disregarded the law and led this nation into a place of, of opposition with God. You know how we're going to get out of opposition? Uh, how we're going to get out of opposition with God? How are people going to get out of opposition with God? Is they're going to have to come to a place where they surrender and they submit and they humble themselves because something has to change. Josiah was saying, something has to change. We need to return to God and find out what we need to do. We have to return to Him to get our instruction. Lord, help us. You know, let me just rant for a moment. We can hear good preaching all day long. But what good is good preaching if we just let it go in one, one ear out the other? What good is good preaching if we die lost? What good is good preaching if I've got idols in my life? I'll tell you what good preaching should do. Good preaching should get us to a place where we are right with God. Where we have a new response. Our new response to a new year is not going to be an old response where we, we, we clinch, clinch our fists and just say, you're not me today. You ain't getting me. When we say, God, I'm going to run to this, I'm going to run to this altar and I'm going to fall on the rock and be broken. And I know that if I can break on him, he's going to put me back together. He's going to fix me. He's going to strengthen me. He's going to give me the words that will change my life. So I'm going to return. Verse 14, so Hekiah, the priests and Ahikam and Achbor and Shaphan and Asahiah. These names, I tell you. Went unto Huldah the prophetess, the wife of Shalem, the son of Tikva, the son of Harhas, keeper of the wardrobe. Now she dwelt in Jerusalem in the college, and they communed with her. And she said unto them, Thus saith the Lord God of Israel, Tell the man that sent you to me. Tell the man. That sent you to me. Who was it? That was Josiah. 
Thus says the Lord, Behold, I will bring evil upon this place and upon the inhabitants thereof, even all the words of the book which the king of Judah hath read. Verse 17, Because they have forsaken me. This is why I'm bringing it. I'm bringing it on them. You know, some people say, Why would God do such a thing? When you redeem, when you redeem a people and you promise them, you promise them a land flowing with milk and honey and you promise them the victory over every enemy and instead of stepping into that promise, they want to raise up idols, worthless idols that have no life. They want to they walk in their, in their sinful ways and they want to be wicked and forsake God. Well, the Lord will forsake them in return. If that's what you want... That's what you get. Because they have forsaken me and have burned incense unto other gods, that they might provoke me to anger with all the works of their hands. Therefore my wrath shall be kindled against this place and shall not be quenched. They have been provoking me for a long time, and there is nothing that will stop the destruction that is imminent. I know it's heavy this morning, right? But we're, I believe the Lord is going to do something in this place. And you're going to hear me say this uh, all day, because it's the last day of the year. I'm not taking this year into next year. I'll say it again. I'm not taking this year into next year. I'm not taking my response to the word of God this year into next year. I'm not taking my commitment to, or, or lack thereof into next year. I'm not taking mediocrity into next year. I'm not taking a, a, a unfaithfulness into the next year. I'm taking a mindset into the next year that God is going to do greater things. He's going to, listen, he's going to do greater things with or without us. And I just choose to say, ah, stop on by here, Lord. We want you. We want you more than we want idols of the world. We want you to do what you want to do. We're your people. We're the sheep of your pasture. And where else can we go? For you have the words of eternal life. I refuse to, you know, I think sometimes we forget about about how Israel provoked, about how Judah, about God's people in the Old Testament, how they provoked him to anger, to wrath. Somehow, and somehow because of Jesus, we can act the same way they did before and we're good. I, that just makes the cross, that makes the cross almost uh, worthless, doesn't it? If we don't act any different than what Judah did or Israel did, the people of God did before, they couldn't, they couldn't serve him all their days. There was only a few here and there. And you know what? They were willing to seek the face of God while everyone else was seeking other things. 
there were Josiahs, there were Joshuas, there were, there were Moses, there were, there were people who were positioned, who, will say, who said, I'm going to seek God. I don't want to cheapen God's grace. I don't want to cheapen the cross. I don't want to cheapen his sacrifice. I want to take what, the, what Jesus did for us and, and allow it to transform our lives, to walk with power and authority and to be led into greater things that he has prepared for his church. Verse 18. But to the king of Judah, which sent you to inquire of the Lord, thus shall ye say to him, thus saith the Lord God of Israel, as touching the words which thou hast heard. Verse 19, because thine heart was tender, and thou hast humbled thyself before the Lord, when thou heardest what I spake against this place and against the inhabitants thereof, that they should become a desolation and a curse, and hast rent thy clothes and wept before me. I also have heard thee, saith the Lord. Josiah had the right response to the word of the Lord, And the Lord responded to Josiah's request. Because, because your heart was tender and you accepted what what my word, what I said I was going to bring upon the nation that forgets me and forsakes me. Because you were open and your response to it was, Lord, we got to get out of this. Thou hast humbled thyself. You have rent thy clothes and wept before me. I also have heard thee. Verse 20, Behold, therefore I will gather thee unto thy fathers, and thou shalt be gathered into thy grave in peace. And thine eyes shall not see all the evil which I will bring upon this place. And they brought the king word again. What Josiah, Josiah's response to the word of God gave, uh, ended up with him having a promise of being gathered in a place of peace and not seeing the wrath, the destruction. Let's stand. A new year and a new response is what's going to take us into the place that God has prepared. I believe the season of fasting and prayer that's going to begin tomorrow is going to do more than what we understand. But we have to do it in the right spirit. And I've mentioned this on Wednesday. We have to do it in the right spirit. Because if we do it in the wrong spirit, we'll hear the wrong voice. But if we do it in the right spirit, we'll hear the right voice. And the Lord, the Lord will do a work in our lives through this. Just think about what Josiah did. 
He humbled himself. He was already seeking the Lord. He was already he was already en route to get to the place, right? He already had the he already had the plan to to repair the temple, to restore, to restore the worship the way that it needed to be. And then the when the word came from the law, it stirred him, it shook him to the point of crying out, humbling himself before the Lord to escape the wrath. You, you know how we're going to escape the wrath? Is we've got to walk in humility. There's wrath coming again. You, you, you read it through the New Testament. He's going to take his bride out of here, but there's wrath coming for the wicked. The people that refuse, the people that refuse to serve God, the people that refuse, they're going to get what they, they're going to get what they want. A life separated from God. That's what they want. I don't want that. So I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna to choose to humble myself now and cry out now and respond in a new way now to the word of the Lord so God will take me out of this place. Let's take a few minutes, greet your brother and your sister, and let's come back in and worship the Lord. Something has happened here. The middle section has taken over. <laughs> I think this is the first time. That's a good way to end the year. With the middle section locked in. To go out with a bang. We're going to end this year with just pouring ourselves out to the Lord today. Amen. You ready? We'll stand to your feet. Get your get yourself ready. Let's pray and ask the Lord to to have his way. God, we thank you for giving us this moment. I pray that you would help us empty ourselves today. That you can fill us, Lord. That you can fill us with your plan. You can fill us with the words that will lead us to your will in this coming year. God, we're going to worship you because we recognize that if it had not been for you, we would be lost. So we're here today thankful people, hopeful people for the future. God, we believe that you're with us and for us, and we believe that you're going to accomplish your will today in this service. We believe that you're going to change. You're going to change someone's response. You're going to change our response to your voice. You're going to change our response to your word. You're going to help us humble ourselves in your presence and seek your face and turn from our wicked ways. God, we believe that we're going to step into the year of greater things and you're going to accomplish greater things, Lord. So we're going to worship and we're going to praise you.
We're going to let you speak to us, help us, transform us. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Thank you. Clap your hands to the Lord. Oh, yes. We're your people, God. We're your people, God. choose you Lord we choose you to reign over our lives we choose you to rule over us our king our God our deliverer my peace oh Jesus we worship you we honor you Jesus we honor you Lord Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Now let's take us into our worship to the King. We'll give you an opportunity to give your offering to the Lord. And we're going to worship the Lord. And we're just going to like entertain His presence. Will you you help us? Will you help me? Just entertain the presence of the Lord. Just give Him high praise today. There's beauty in my brokenness. I've got true love instead of pain. There's freedom though you've captured me. I've got joy instead of more. Oh, let's say that again. Say, there's beauty in my brokenness. I've got true love instead of pain. Yes, I do, God. There's freedom though you've captured me. I've got joy instead of mourning. Oh, you give me joy down deep in my soul. Down deep in my soul. Down deep in my soul. You give me joy down deep in my soul. Down deep in my soul. Down deep. Oh! 
down deep. One more time, you give me, you give me joy down deep in my soul, down deep in my soul, down deep in my soul. You give me joy down deep in my soul, down deep in my soul, down deep in my soul. Hallelujah. Let's thank him. Let's thank him for the joy. Oh, we thank you, Jesus. Thank you for the joy. Thank you for the peace. Thank you for your presence, God. Oh, you give joy. Somebody get it deep. Ah, he's the author. He's the author and the finisher of your faith. He's the author of your joy. I got joy because of the Lord. I got joy because I got Jesus. Oh, and when you get Jesus, you are complete. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. So thankful for his presence. Amen. We're going to give you an opportunity to be prayed for today. If you need the Lord to touch your body. If you need the Lord to touch your life in whatever way you need Him to touch your life, why don't you come down here and present your needs to the Lord? We're going to pray, we're going to trust, we're going to believe, and we're going to see God do great things. Amen. Let's pray and believe God for great things.
your hands all over this house. Thank you, Jesus.
I know there's peace within your presence. I speak Jesus. I just want to speak the name of Jesus Till every dark addiction starts to break Declaring there is hope and there There's freedom in this house, I speak Jesus Your name Jesus from the mountains, Jesus in the street, Jesus in the darkness over every enemy, Jesus for my family, I speak the holy name, Jesus. Oh. 
time shout Jesus 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 for my family Jesus for the strongholds Jesus in my weakness Jesus in my depression us in the darkness come on his name fits whatever situation you find yourself in you just speak the name of Jesus because there's power in that name hey the demons respond to the name of Jesus But the saints of the Most High God need to speak it and respond with confidence and authority that when I speak the name of Jesus, things are going to change. When I release those words in the name of Jesus, and I believe it, and I am walking in authority, the enemy knows who we are. This coming year, we're believing God for strongholds to be destroyed. We're believing God for breakthroughs we've never seen before. We're believing God for miracles that we've never seen before. We're believing God for the greater things we've never seen in our lifetime. And what we're going to do today is we're going to empty ourselves of everything that 2023 got in the way. Everything that got in the way this year, we're going to empty it out before this day is done. If this is what you want, if this is what, if, if you want this to be a reality for you, then you must empty yourself of this year before we step into this new year. Because when we step into this new year, we're going to step in it with a new response to whatever God requires of us. Whatever He speaks, oh, no longer going to resist it. No longer going to clench the pew in front of me when I feel the convicting power of the Holy Ghost trying to break through in my life, trying to pierce the darkness and drive out the darkness. I'm going to resist the devil, but I'm not going to resist God. I'm going to have a new response this year. My new response is, no weapon formed against me shall prosper. I see you forming, but I know it's not going to prosper. I know it's not going to amount to anything. And so I'm going to push through this thing. And my response is, Lord, you will lead me and guide me through this. I don't care what the doctors tell you. The doctors uh, were trained to tell you all the bad things about you. That's the only way you have to keep coming back. It's because they told you you need to come back. You got some things wrong with you. But you know what? If we take this faith, and this is what I said recently, 
if we are reconciled to the faith that believes God for greater things, it does not matter what the doctor says because they're not going to pierce through. They're not going to pierce through my confidence and what I, what I believe I, I know God is able to do. He's able to do it. And before in the next years, everybody's going to clap at that statement. Not just a few. Before 2024 is over, we're going to see great things. This isn't just something we're going to waste in January. We're going to prepare our lives in January. But by the end of the year, we're going to see miracles. Not because we can make God do anything, but He responds to humility. And when His people would get off the pride in their life, and they would get down to a place of humility, the Lord will hear. You know what this coming January is just going to do that for us. And this is what I mean when we say we're going to empty ourselves today. I'm going to get rid of everything that will prevent me from going into January completely sold out and willing to lose myself. So all your anxieties, all your fears all your discouragements, your depressions, all of the things that you can't go back and change. The new response is, but I can change how I step into this new season, how I step into this new year. I'm not stepping in defeated. I'm not stepping into it as a victim. I'm stepping into it with expectations to meet a miracle working God in my life and through my life. This is what we got to do today. I, I kind of stepped all over myself today, getting to this point. The new year, a new response is how we started off Sunday school. But this, this part of the service, we need to rend our hearts. Ezra chapter 8, verse 15. And I gathered them together to the river that runneth to Ahava. And there abode we in tents three days. And I viewed the people and the priests and found there none of the sons of Levi. Verse 16. Then sent I for Eleazar, for Ariel, for Shemaiah, and for Elnathan, for the Jerib, and for the Elnathan, and for Nathan, and for Zechariah. And for Meshulam, chief men also for Joarib, <clears throat> and for El Nathan, men of understanding. And I sent them with the commandment unto Edo, the chief at the place Kasaphia. And I told them what they should say unto Edo and to his brethren, the Nethanims, at the place Kasaphia that they should bring us unto us ministers for the house of our God. And by the good hand of our God upon us, they brought us a man of understanding, of the sons of Mali, the sons of Levi, the son of Israel, and Sherebiah, uh, with his sons and brethren, 18, Hashabiah, and with his Jeshiah, and of the sons of Merari, his brethren and their sons, 20. Also of the Nethanims, who David and the princes had appointed for the services of the Levites, 220 Nethanims, all of them 
were expressed by name. Let's, let's lift our hearts to the Lord and ask him to minister to us in the remaining minutes of this service, of this year. God, I pray that you would release to every heart, every mind, that you, would, that you would do a work in this last moment of this year. God, we believe for great things, God, but deal with us in this moment and what we must give up, what we must release, what we must lay down so we can step into this new year positioned to hear from you, Lord, positioned to walk in your favor and your authority and your blessing. God, I pray that you bless your people today to receive your word, that you bless me to, to, to speak what you have put in my heart and to speak what, what you would say in this moment that we are living in. God, I pray for your favor, for your anointing, for your hand. In Jesus' name we pray, amen, amen. Y'all may be seated. Just give me a few moments here. We're gonna, I'm not going to be very long. Verse 21 says, Then I proclaimed a fast there at the river Ahava that we might afflict ourselves before our God. There's a lot of people pleasuring themselves but not really afflicting themselves. Not really humbling themselves. Not really... We live in a self-serve world where people are always wanting to be catered to. And sometimes, if we're not careful, we can find ourselves wanting to be catered to, entertained in the house of the Lord. And when the word goes forth, because God speaks to his people and he knows right where we are when we come into this place and when, when he begins to deal with our hearts and he, that, that word cuts cuts to the... Cuts to the, the place where, where, where soul and spirit, cuts to the place where the, the joints and the marrow, the, cuts to that place where, where God gets his point across. And, and, and we can sit there and say, well, Lord, that doesn't entertain me. The way we need to begin this year is, is not focused on entertainment. And that's why when we're fasting in January, we're going to be fasting from social media because social media has more entertainment than it does anything else. We're going to remove the distractions from our life. Why? Because, because I, we're, we're, we're trying to get our, our, our lives in position to receive what the Lord has for this next season of our life. I don't want to miss it. Trust me, I don't want to just try to make it through January and end up in the middle of the year like, what happened? Didn't happen the way I wanted it to happen. Are we willing to afflict ourselves? I'm not saying that you gotta, I'm not saying you gotta hurt yourself. Throw yourself off a bridge and run your toes over with the car. I'm not saying you gotta do anything like that. Afflict yourself in a way of humbling yourself. In a way of saying, God, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to lay my pride at this altar. And I'm going to stop just thinking about myself. I'm going to get deliverance from this narcissistic attitude that I have. I'm going I'm gonna, I'm gonna to get rid of being self-centered. Always worried about me, me, me. I'm going to stop looking at me, me, me. And I'm going to start looking at you, you, you. And I'm going to surrender it all. 
So I'm going to humble myself. I'm going to afflict myself. I'm going to choose to sacrifice. Because look what they did. That we might afflict ourselves before our God to seek of him a right way for us. So I'm not doing this just to be doing it. I'm doing it to find a right way for us. I'm doing it that the Lord would release instructions the right way for us. Not the, not the wrong way, the way that I would choose to do it. The way that I would see it because I always lead myself down the wrong path if I'm in control. It's that terrible, terrible advice that says it's better to ask for forgiveness than permission. Terrible advice. And we laugh about that, don't we? You know, it's, it's the worst advice ever. Because if you take that and make it into a spiritual application, it's like, Lord, forgive me. I should have asked you, but I didn't. I shouldn't have went to Egypt first. I should have came to you. I shouldn't have went to the doctor first because they filled my head with all these negative things. And now I feel like I'm dying. Now I feel like there's no way out for me. But you know what? I know you're the source of everything good. And I know there's a continual flow of that goodness from where you are. And if I can just come boldly to the throne of grace, I can get the mercy that I need. I can find what I need. The right response to your dilemma is coming boldly to the throne of grace. The right response is not going to Jesus last. It's going to him first. It's saying this year, I'm going to you first, Lord. Before I go to social media, I'm going to you, Lord. Before I make that phone call that might drive somebody out of the church, I'm going to you first, Lord. Before I make a vow that seals my forever, I'm going to you first, Lord. But I'm coming to you on empty. I'm coming to you on empty. Listen, then I proclaimed a fast. You know, I I talked about this on on our last uh, session here. Fasting is the only way that we can deal with unbelief. Scripturally. Because you can't see it. I can't see it. And I've already, I've, I've said this already, but I just want to reiterate this. I can say I believe God can move this church from this place to that place and still have unbelief that he can't do it. So that's why we got to fast. Why? So we, so we can seek out of him a right way for us. Lord, I'll get in the way every time. So I'm, I'm going to fast so I can get closer to you, so I can position my life to hear from you because you know the way I should take. You know where I am and you know where you're trying to get me to go. And so I'm going to make sure that I am out of the way. But fasting is a very, it's a very rare conversation in the church. But to be be honest, I believe it's the one thing that holds, holds us back from the dimension that separates us from every other church. If we can lock in, in the right spirit to fasting and prayer, we're going to see mountains move. It's not going to be a song that we just sing about and question whether or not we believe the mountains will move. We're going to believe it when we speak to it. Because we're going to be walking in the spirit and it's going to get in our way and we're going to not stop. We're going to keep walking and command it to get out of the way because we're dealing with the unbelief. 
when you deal with the unbelief, you can walk in that authority. You can walk in the spirit because whatever you say, you actually believe it. That's why whenever somebody was about to receive a miracle in the New Testament, Jesus said, as unto your faith, as unto your faith, or it was the faith of the friends, if you can just get somebody to Jesus. Faith has to be involved, but in order for faith to be involved, unbelief has to be it has to be eradicated. Unbelief has to go. So we're going to be praying for strongholds in this coming year. That strongholds will be removed from our family, from our friends, from wherever the Lord puts, uh, puts in our heart to pray for. Whatever stronghold, because we're going to open ourselves up for intercessory prayer. God, use us to accomplish your will. And we'll pray, we'll pray and intercede for a door to be opened, a, a way of escape for somebody, maybe in China, or maybe in Afghanistan, or maybe in Israel, that a door would appear for somebody's escape, that they might know the one true God. to seek of him the right way for us and for our little ones. I'm not just fasting for myself. I'm fasting for my little ones, fasting for my family. We want to put the name of Jesus in the face of every, every opposition, every opponent of our life. We better put the name of Jesus in their face with fasting behind it. And so when we get through January, we, we can't just leave it in January. Settle back into our old comfortable ways. Listen, what, what, for greater things to happen, we can't be comfortable at the same time. For greater things that God has for this coming year, we can't be comfortable. We can't come in here and find our rut. We have to be willing to, to, uh, to seek His face and have the response that Josiah had when he heard the word of the law. He heard the word that, that God spoke to him in a way he hadn't heard before and he tore his clothes. When's the last time you, you, the word came to you and you just broke open from it? You came to the altar broken and you rended your heart. It's going to have to happen. We're going to, have to, we're going to have to hear the word of the Lord and respond in a way that says, God, I want you so much that I'm willing to afflict myself. I'm willing to humble myself before you so that way I can find the right way for myself and my family and for all of our substance. Verse 22, for I was ashamed to require the king a band of soldiers and horsemen to help us against the enemy in the way because we had spoken unto the king saying, the hand of our God is upon them for good that seek him. Oh, but we need your help too. Ashamed to require of the king 
a band of soldiers. Why? Because we believe that God will see us through. Ah, the hand of God is upon all them for good that seek Him. But His power and His wrath is against all them that forsake Him. So we fasted and besought our God for this, and He was entreated of us. We fasted and He responded. The right response to a situation in your life in the coming year is to fast. If you want a response from the Lord, you fast about it. You pray about it. You know what? You afflict your soul and you say, God, I'm going to humble myself that I might know what I need to do. Listen, if there's, if there's medication in your life that needs to be gone, then I'm going to fast and pray and ask God for wisdom. If there's something interfering with my health and my spiritual, if I'm numb because of the medication that I'm on, I'm going to fast and pray and ask God to help me. Give me the wisdom. Why? Because I want freedom. I don't want to, I don't want to sit here numb in your presence. And when your word goes forth and I feel nothing, I want to be like Josiah who... who rent his garment when he heard the word of the Lord. And he inquired. He sent men to inquire of the Lord. And the the prophetess said, because you humbled yourself, because your heart was tender when you heard what the Lord was going to do, he is going to save. There's a promise that we have. There's a promise that we have. We have have all kinds of promises in his word. 2 Chronicles 7 and 14. If my people which are called by my name shall humble themselves and pray and seek my face and turn from their wicked ways, then, 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 everybody say then. When is he going to hear me? When is then? When I humble myself, when I seek his face, when I turn from my wicked ways, then, then, when's he not going to hear me? When I don't seek him, when I don't humble myself, when I don't turn from my wicked ways, I won't, I won't be healed, I won't be forgiven. You know what? So I'm going I'm to humble myself. I'm going to seek him. I'm going to turn and I'm going to be forgiven and I'm going to be healed. And not just me, but everybody that chooses to humble themselves. What we're going to do in this coming year, what we're going to do today is humble ourselves. Humble ourselves, empty ourselves and say, God, I've let a lot of things get in my way this year. Anybody let a lot of things get in your way this year? Anybody know you could have done better? Uh, we, we, oh, we should have both feet and hands in the air. I know I could have done better. But you know what? Excuse, distraction, weariness, obligations, fear. The Lord asked you, I'm not, I'm not looking for a show of hands. Uh, this is a rhetorical question. Has the Lord asked you to do something this year that you didn't do? 
You going to do it next year? Well, if you get out of the way, you will. You got to empty yourself. Empty yourself this year. And next year, let him fill you with purpose and his will. And let him accomplish what you couldn't do this year because you got in the way. I'm tired of getting in the way. Anybody tired of getting in the way? You're tired of just like just doing the same old thing. Coming and crying out about the same old thing that we cry out about. Lord, it's me again. I need deliverance. Why are you filled with distraction? Well, it's a good question. The only response is, I'll get rid of it. I'll get rid of the distraction. I'll get whatever I need to get rid of. If God has a, if he has deliverance promised for me and it just requires my humility, it requires me to afflict myself, it requires me to step away from my agenda and my plan, then I want deliverance. I choose deliverance over bondage every day. I've got to step into this year. You've got to step into this year free. Free from what this year could not get through to you. Next year has to be different. Forgive their sin and heal their land. Second Chronicles 12, 14. And he did evil because he prepared not his heart to seek the Lord. Rehoboam did evil because he prepared not his heart to seek the Lord. If people will not prepare their heart to seek the Lord, it's only a matter of time before they return to their wicked ways. It's only a matter of time before you go back to that place of unforgiveness, before you go back to that place of bitterness, before you go back to that place of malice and anger. It's only a matter of time. But if you prepare your heart now, you'll step into the new year with a, with a mindset ready to receive what the Lord will release because you prepared. Second Chronicles 15, 1 and 2. And the Spirit of God came upon Azariah, the son of Obed, and he went out to meet Asa and said unto him, Hear ye me, Asa, and all Judah and Benjamin. The Lord is with you while ye be with him. And if you seek him, he will be found of you. But if you forsake him, he will forsake you. Now listen, I don't think that this was only, only applies in the Old Testament. I believe this is a word, this is a commandment, that if we forsake God, He will forsake us. If we resist Him, He's going to resist us because He does what? He resists the proud, but He gives grace to the humble. He lifts up the humble. But if you want to resist God, He's going to resist you. So the Lord is with you while you be with him. Now turn with me, if you have your Bibles, to a little book called Joel. Joel chapter 2, verse 1. 
Blow ye the trumpet in Zion, and sound an alarm in my holy mountain. Let all the inhabitants of the land tremble, for the day of the Lord cometh. For it is nigh at hand, a day of darkness and gloominess, a day of clouds and a thick darkness, as the morning spread upon the mountains, a great people and a strong. There hath not been ever the like, neither shall be any more after it, even to the years of many generations." A fire devoureth before them and behind them. A flame burneth the land is as the garden of Eden before them. And behind them a desolate wilderness. Yea, and nothing shall escape them. The appearance of them is as the appearance of horses. And as horsemen, so shall they run. Like the noise of chariots on the tops of mountains, shall they leap like the noise of a flame of fire that devoureth the stubble. As a strong people set in battle array, before their face the people shall be much pained. All faces shall gather blackness. They shall run like mighty men. They shall climb the wall like men of war, and they shall march every one on his ways, and they shall not break their ranks. Neither shall one thrust another. They shall walk every one in his path. And when they fall upon the sword, they shall not be wounded. They shall run to and fro in the city. They shall run upon the wall. They shall climb up upon the houses. They shall enter in at the windows like a thief. The earth shall quake before them. The heavens shall tremble. The sun and the moon shall be dark and the stars shall withdraw their shining. And the Lord shall utter his voice before his army. For his camp is very great for his strong for he is strong that executeth his word, for the day of the Lord is great and very terrible. And who can abide it? Nobody can. There's no escape from that day. It's coming. It's coming. In verse 12, Therefore also now saith the Lord, Turn ye even to me with all your heart, and with fasting, and with weeping, and with mourning, and rend your heart, and not your garments, and turn unto the Lord your God, for he is gracious and merciful, slow to anger, and of great kindness, and repenteth him of the evil. Who knoweth if he will return and repent and leave a blessing behind him, even a meat offering and a drink offering unto the Lord your God. Blow the trumpet in Zion, sanctify a fast, call a solemn assembly, gather the people, sanctify the congregation, assemble the elders, and gather children and those that Suck the breast, let the bridegroom go forth out of his chamber and the bride out of her closet. Let the priest, the ministers of the Lord weep between the porch and the altar and let them say, Spare thy people, O Lord, and give not thine heritage to reproach that the heathen should rule over them. Wherefore should they say among the people, Where is their God? Verse 18, then will the Lord be jealous for his land and pity 
his people. Yea, the Lord will answer and say unto his people, Behold, I will send you corn and wine and oil, and ye shall be satisfied therewith, and I will no more make you a reproach among the heathen, but I will remove afar off from you the northern army, and will drive him into a land of barren and desolate, with his face toward the sea, the east sea, and the his hinder part toward the utmost sea and his stink shall come up and his ill savor shall come up because he hath done great things. Great things from the Lord. Fear not, O land. Be glad and rejoice for the Lord will do great things. That's a promise, right? The Lord will do great great things. We're not just like uh, imagining that God is going to do what we think he's going to do. We're holding a promise in our hand and saying, I am, I am willing to humble myself so that the Lord will do great things through my life, in my life. Be not afraid, ye beasts of the field, for the pastures of the wilderness do spring, for the tree beareth her fruit. Ah, the fig tree and the vine do yield their strength. Be glad then, ye children of Zion, and rejoice in the Lord your God, for he hath given you the former rain moderately, and he will cause to come down for you the rain, the former and the latter rain in the first month. And the floors shall be full of wheat, and the vats shall flow overflow with wine and oil. Hmm. Go back to, hmm. yeah. Woo, 25, 25. Keep it in mind what, how we started this. If you'll rend your heart and you'll fast and you'll pray, we finally get to this moment here. And I will restore to you the years. Anybody need years restored to your life? I need years restored. You need years restored. That's why I'm going to humble myself. That's why I'm going to afflict myself. That's why I'm going to lay at the altar and weep. I'm going to weep between the porch and the altar. Why? Because I need years restored. Listen, what you, what, what you wasted this year, if you will humble yourself in the coming year, God's going to restore every moment that you wasted. But you got to be willing to lay at an altar until you change. The locusts have eaten the, the canker caterpillar, the palmer worm, my great army, which I sent among you, and ye shall eat in plenty and be satisfied. Listen. <laughs> Woo! <laughs> I'll tell you what, I'll tell you what will never satisfy you, your flesh, this world. And as long as you, as long as you keep yourself from humbling yourself, you'll never be satisfied. You'll always struggle. You'll always wonder about what, what God's doing and where he's working because if you refuse to humble yourself, you'll never know what he's doing, where he's working. You'll never be satisfied. But if you take the season that's upon us and, and, you, and you say, Lord, I am going to fast and pray and, and 
bring my life into spiritual alignment so that I can be satisfied. I want restored and I want to be satisfied. You know what it's like for the enemy for the enemy to try to persuade somebody that's satisfied? You get satisfied in the Lord and let the enemy come back with some of his tricks he comes back with. No. Hey, devil, I didn't, I didn't have then what I have now. You got me before, but I found what I was looking for. And he has satisfied for he satisfieth the longing soul and he filleth the hungry soul with goodness. I got goodness in my life. I'm satisfied now. You can't give me what I gave up. <laughs> you can't give me what I gave up. I got rid of that. I don't need it any longer. That's my old response. My new response is, though he slay me, yet will I trust in him. The Lord gives and the Lord takes away. But blessed be the name of the Lord. I came into this world with nothing. And when I leave, I'm not taking anything with me. Woo! The right response is, I'm willing to suffer with Christ so I can reign with him. So I can fellowship with him. Ye shall eat in plenty. Be satisfied and praise the name of the Lord your God that that hath dealt wondrously with you and my people shall never be ashamed and ye shall know that I am in the midst of Israel and that I am the Lord your God and none else and my people shall never be ashamed and here we have this great promise that began in Acts chapter 2 Woo! <laughs> and it's shall come to pass afterward that I will pour out of my spirit upon all flesh and your sons and your daughters shall prophesy your old men shall dream dreams your young men shall see visions and also upon the servants and upon the handmaids in those days will I pour out my spirit and I will show wonders in the heavens and the earth blood and fire and pillars of smoke Then the sun shall be turned into darkness and the moon into blood before the great and terrible day of the Lord come and it shall come to pass that whosoever will... Everybody say whosoever will. Listen, if you're sitting here and you've got breath in your body, whosoever will, let them, let them call on the name of the Lord and they shall be delivered. For in Mount Zion and in Jerusalem shall be deliverance as the Lord hath said and in the remnant whom the Lord shall call. And we know that Peter in Acts chapter 2 said this is that which was spoken by the prophet Joel that in the last days saith the Lord I will pour out of my spirit upon all flesh what he was talking about is what started in the upper room and what filled that upper 
upper room. And what filled the people in that upper room? Because they had been tarrying. He said, tarry in Jerusalem until you be endued with power from on high. They were in there waiting. They had, they had been humbling themselves, praying and worshiping. And the sound... The, of a Russian mighty wind filled the house where they were and they were all filled with the Holy Ghost and they began to speak in other tongues as the Spirit gave them utterance and Peter said, this is that. This is that. If we will humble ourselves, we will hear the sound from heaven breathe on us it might take us a little bit to get there we might have to wait a while but if we'll humble ourselves and wait until the suddenly comes we'll hear the sound and more than hearing the sound we'll be restored there'll be new life listen when you get through the end of this month you ought to be charged with new life if you step into January and you say God I am here to align my life spiritually and you humble yourself and you wait there's going to be a sound that comes to you that fills your prayer closet that fills the room that you have built an altar and when you're at that altar it might be here it might be at your house the Lord is going to visit you with restoration and all the years that you wasted you're going to feel the surge of God's goodness and power let's stand Now is the moment. This is the right response from here on out. Now, now listen, listen to me carefully because I don't, I don't want you to just do it just because I, I've said it, made it public, and you're just, you just want to, you just want to obligate yourself to that. Our right response to God dealing with us is to come to the altar before somebody has to ever mention it. And not be ashamed. Because, because when you do that, you know what people are going to say now? And this is what we should do, church. When you see somebody going to the altar, and maybe the Lord hasn't been gripping your heart the way he's been gripping so-and-so's heart, but you see them, and you're gripped by their response to it. My response is, I'm going to go surround them. And I'm going to go pray with them. The right response is to not sit back in our chair. And let God work on everyone else but ourselves. The right response is this ought to be filled. If, and we ought to be looking for a place. If there's, if there's a crowd here, I'm going to go over here and I'm going to find a corner. Why? Because the Lord's been dealing with me. And I'm not just going to sit here and shake it off. I'm not going to shake it off. The right response for greater things is I'm going to find a cubbyhole wherever it might be. And I'm going to kneel and I'm going to weep. Because the Lord responds to that. We're not, we're not people who are led by our emotions, but we have to show emotion before God can move on us. Does that make sense? That's why whenever somebody wept, God ministered. Whenever somebody afflicted, whenever somebody humbled themselves, whenever somebody fasted, God ministered to them. He gave them an opportunity. In my brokenness, I'm going to come here, and when I get here, God is going to. 
that ought to be that ought to be bigger than your fear of looking f- foolish or being ashamed for the reason that you're walking. <clears throat> Let me just clear the air here. Nobody knows why you're coming to the altar. So whatever God convicts you of in your seat, when you walk to this altar, nobody else knows about that. <clears throat> Maybe it's something that you did and you're ashamed of it. Nobody else, some, maybe you told somebody. I don't, but if you didn't tell anybody and there's something you did in secret and the Lord's dealing with you about it, then you come to the altar. And when you do that, God's going to meet you there because you're responding to his correction. You're responding to him. And that's what we have to do in this coming year is respond. Respond to the Lord. Respond to the Lord no matter what, no matter what. If you can't make it up here because you're, you, you're, you physically can't do it, then, then you don't just sit there like a deer in the headlights. Do, seek the Lord where you're at. I'm not trying to be critical. I'm trying to help us move into this new year. Move into this new year victoriously. I don't want the Lord, I don't want to feel like the Lord's trying to drag me into the miraculous. Because he won't do that. I don't want to feel like the Lord's trying to, trying to drag me into my breakthrough. Because he's not going to do that. But I do want a breakthrough. And I do want out of this. And so I'm going to run to the Lord. I'm going to respond to the knock. Uh, he's knocking right now. He's been knocking. What's your response?
holy fire burn away my desire for anything that is not of you and is of me I want it more of you and less of me Come on, let it out. Come on, let it out. Let the rivers out. Let them flow. Let them flow. Pour it out. Pour it out. The Lord, the Lord sees where you are. He sees what's happening. He sees your willingness. Now just let it go. Release it.
Yes, Lord. Yes, Jesus. 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 Yes. Yes. Yes, Lord. Yes. Yes. Yes, Lord. Fill us, Lord, until we overflow.
Isaiah 55 and 2 says, Where do you spend, wherefore do ye spend money for that which is not bread, and your labor for that which satisfieth not? Hearken diligently unto me, and eat ye that which is good, and let your soul delight itself in fatness. Incline your ear and come unto me. Hear, and your soul shall live, and I will make an everlasting covenant with you, even the sure mercies of David. Everything that we hunger and thirst for outside of God will never satisfy. When he becomes the very thing that I hunger for, what he gives me will satisfy. I feel like the Lord has said, my people have tried to satisfy themselves in my presence. But the only way that they will ever be satisfied is when they humble themselves pray, seek my face, turn from their wicked ways. And what I will release from heaven will bring the things that satisfy, the healing and the forgiveness. My people are walking around with wounds in their life. My people are walking around with disease in their body. People are walking around in the darkness. But if they step into the light and turn to me, I will heal and forgive. We don't have to try to figure everything out in our world. That's why Paul said to cast all your cares on him. For he cares. He cares for you. You just have to cast them all on him. Cast it cast them all on him the right response this coming year to everything that you face is to cast them on him it's going to be a wonderful year the fast is probably not going to be wonderful but what it does for us 
is going to be worth it and it will be wonderful. So for some of you that may not know what we're doing, we, we're fasting January and we are, uh, we're fasting from social media um, and we are going to be um, also fasting food. But I am leaving that up to you, uh, not so you can kind of cruise through this month and be the same at the end of it. You, you make up a plan for you to sacrifice in the fast. If you can only do like, if you, if you can only fast one meal a day, uh, then, then then do it. Um, if you can, if you know you can fast more, you can go on an extended fast and you're able to do that, do it. I encourage you. Do whatever you can to position your, to position your life for what God, it's going to take, it's going to require us to do that. Do the most you can. Don't do the least you can. And if you've got a bad attitude about it, pray. And ask the Lord to help you with the attitude. Lord, don't let me waste this season that the church is coming together to fast and pray. Help me to, help me to move along with the church victoriously. Because we, we, we got some wonderful things planned this year. Uh, this coming Sunday, our first Sunday in, in January, uh, we're going to have Luke and Samantha Campbell with us, uh, missionaries to Costa Rica. So they'll, they'll be with us, and they're wonderful, wonderful people. We, when we went on our missions trip, uh, we went to Costa Rica to, to be with them and to help them out, and it was, it was an amazing time. They're, they're amazing people. You all are going to thoroughly enjoy it. It's going to be muy fuego. That was a terrible, uh, but that fuego was one of the words that uh, my brother Campbell said, fuego, fuego. Yeah, sing it again. Fuego, fuego. Come on, sweating, sweating through the clothes. Oh, it was it was a absolute wonderful time. But they'll be with us, and then we have our revival coming up in March. I'm really looking forward to that. And this is what I believe: if we can position our life in January, when when Brother Robinette comes here to to minister for for our revival, I believe that there's going to be impartation. I don't say that lightly. Listen to me. If you, will, if you will make the steps to prepare your, yourself this coming month and, and, you, and then you continue that into March, the Lord is going to impart something into your life if you're ready to receive it. You have to be ready to receive it, which means you have to deal with the unbelief of, of when, it, when, he, when he starts preaching about the supernatural. You know, because we can't, we can't receive anything if, all, if our natural man's in control, right? We'll reject it all. But if, our, if, our, if the inner man is engaged and, and, and the flesh is in subjection, when, when God releases something, you're going to be ready to receive whatever it is. And it could be a call. I, I, it will be a call. It will be a call to something. It might be a gift. Maybe you've been praying and asking God for a gift. It could be that time that God releases a gift to you because he sees what you've prepared. So let's have a good time tonight with your family, but let's go into um, January determined, determined to be led into greater things with the Lord. Amen.
I love you all. Appreciate you. My wife has some announcements. I did want to clarify with the social media fast, that does not include Messenger. I know that's a major area of support for a lot of people, so that doesn't include Messenger, but Facebook, Instagram, TikTok, Snapchat, I think. Yeah. I'm not on Snapchat, so I don't knock, know. Knock, knock. Knock, knock. Yeah. <laughs> knock, knock, who's there? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh, whatever apps out there. I do want to go ahead and announce a couple of other things so that when you're looking at your calendar for the year, you can go ahead and get these on there. He already mentioned our revival March 8th, 9th, and 10th with Charles Robinette. Um, I want to mention KYC, Kentucky Youth Convention or Conference. I'm not sure what the C is. I think it's a convention. Um, that's going to be February the 16th and 17th in Lexington. There is registration for that, so there's a registration fee. Josh Carson is going to be ministering at that. Um, so you, that's going to be an incredible event, February the 16th and 17th. April the 4th through the 6th Ladies Conference in Bowling Green. So go ahead and write that down, April the 4th, 5th, and 6th. It's going to be Ladies Conference in Bowling Green. Um, we'll be meeting in the next couple of Sundays to talk about some details for that. I don't have the men's conference dates in front of, but it's in April, but not the weekend of his birthday. That's as much as we know. We're really, I didn't write that down. I'm not a man. Um, <laughs> we'll let him announce that. Um, I do want to ask you all to pray for our Bible quiz team. We will have our first tournament January the 20th, so that's coming up. Um, we don't know the location for that yet, so as soon as the location is announced, then we'll share that with you all so that you can, we may have to drive to Western Kentucky, we don't know, so we may need your extra prayers for that, but Janu January the 20th will be our first Bible quiz tournament, um, and I also want to go ahead and make sure you've got it down, planning vacations and everything, September the 6th, there's going to be a youth rally here at High Point, so se September the Oh, no, I've got one more. I'm sorry. I don't have a date for this yet, but as you all are, are jumping into your January resolutions and all that, if you're decluttering, I want you to already know, ladies, ladies, either late February or early March, there's a lot going on, so I haven't been able to nail down that date. I would like for it to be a Saturday. We're going to have a ladies swap meet, and so the ladies swap meet, here's what we're going to be swapping, clothes, seeds, and houseplants, okay? So clothes seeds and houseplants nothing else just those things but anyway it's going to be that's going to be fun so um, as you're going through your closets as you're propagating your plants you know doing all that kind of stuff right then um, yeah you can go ahead and get that ready men we're going to be having a, a purge meet so uh, <laughs> oh uh, Kentucky Men's Retreat is going to be April 19th and 20th. Uh, it'll be business casual. <laughs> CRW for that. Uh, the, Air, the Bounds uh, brothers will be ministering at that one. So, uh, yeah. <laughs> We'll get him to. We'll put a request in. All right. God bless you all. Happy New Year to you. Uh, the Sloan Center in Bowling Green. So we'll be driving the van, the good old van. <laughs> it's the same place we had it last time. All right. God bless you all. Happy New Year. We'll see you Tuesday night for prayer.